0: Hey guys, this is Rich Bocchini. You might remember me as Kevin Owens' punching bag on SmackDown. You're listening to The Whole Reffin Show, the only podcast that calls it right down the middle. And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. (laughs) The Whole Refin Show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 84 of the only wrestling podcast, that calls it right down the middle, the whole refin' show. Let me tell you folks, my name is Perry Smith.
1: My name is Darren Beasley.
0: Yes, Darren, yes, yes. 84 times you have introduced yourself to the audience, the hashtag dear listeners, 84 times I have done the same. Well, technically, we say it twice an episode, we say it at the end as well. So it's not really an introduction, it's just a reminder. It's more of a sign-off, right? Not the same thing.
1: So eighty yeah, eighty-four intros, eighty-four outros, a hundred and sixty-eight presentations of self.
0: <laughs> right, that we know of. Uh I'm sure there's plenty of other times we say our names. We like to say our names so people know who's whose sexy voice belongs to who. Uh that way I don't get Darren's fan mail, he doesn't get mine. It's how it works.
1: I don't know. I do occasionally get your fan mail.
0: It's true. You do get my fan mail they're sometimes. Like,
1: they're like, oh, Darren Beasley, I love your lack of mustache. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, nope, nope. They got the wires crossed. This is not, nope. Clearly, they d- cannot distinguish between our voices they are voice blind
0: right your your voice has that bristly sound because it has to to brush past your your wonderful mustache uh yeah no all my fame is about how i do not have a mustache so that, that never <laughs> it never comments on my abilities or they think hey you have a pleasant voice or hey you know your stuff about wrestling it's always i'm glad you don't have a mustache and that's all it says Uh, So I appreciate that. Keep those letters coming in, dear listeners. We appreciate them. Uh, Lots to talk about on today's show. Sadly, it's mostly bad news, I'm afraid. A wrestler has passed away. We're going to talk about Nick Big Bully Busick, who passed away at the age of 63. Uh, A couple of injuries, actually. Charlotte Flair had a, a bit of a mishap. Uh, As well as Alexa Bliss, uh, injuring her shoulder, we'll talk about that. Uh, Also, uh, update on uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Dominion, which is going on uh, next month, actually, in June. June 9th in Osaka, Japan. Uh, Chris Jericho get involved uh, with the attack on uh, Tetsuya Nahito, so we definitely want to talk about that. Uh, Also, uh, Backlash went down, right? Backlash. So we got to talk about WWE's first pay-per-view Not counting Greatest Royal Rumble. I don't count that. Uh, Since WrestleMania, the the first typical normal pay-per-view, right? Uh,
1: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but I I would already argue that uh, Greatest Royal Rumble was far superior. Much more of a pay-per-view. Much more of a special, if you will. Right. A spectacular, uh, a must-see event than Backlash. I don't think anybody Must, must have seen Backlash.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with that. It, it did seem kind of like a, like, hey, your band come out and play this, uh, play this concert and play all your greatest hits. Uh, it kind of seemed like that to me. Uh, so normally scheduled, typical pay-per-view Backlash here. Uh, it went down, uh, Darren and I, we, we went head-to-head. head to head. Head to And of course, we have to discuss the outcome of that. We did, okay, not bad. And uh, Fest Wrestling! Fest Wrestling is going on this weekend, folks. This weekend on Saturday, the 12th in uh, Gainesville, Florida, is Fest Wrestling Bring Your Mom too, And we have Max Gregg, one half of the commentary team for Fest Wrestling, on the show today. We're going to talk all things Fest Wrestling, get into the card, and uh, give you guys a preview of what to expect this Saturday.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited to have Max back on the show. We haven't had Max on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle of the whole ref and show since October, when we performed live at the fest uh, from the Hippodrome in Gainesville, Florida, which Max joined a star studded panel. We had both of the voices of fest wrestling, Max, Greg and Rich Bokini joined by not yet then, but now current fest wrestling champion Effie. And we also had, chuck taylor and matt cross uh for that great show but we haven't had the pleasure of having max back on the program today that ends that's right you we welcome max back live from pittsburgh pa
0: we get to test uh, the pa internet and see how that holds up uh, via skype and uh yeah so plenty to talk about on the show it's a it's a mixed bag of wwe and the indie stuff and uh, like always, we've got to start with them.
1: Headlines!
0: The wrestling community suffered a loss recently with the loss of one Nick Big Bully Busick, uh, who passed away, unfortunately, at the age of 63. Big Bully Busick. I don't know the most
1: about his career, I will go ahead and say. But I do remember his WWF presence, member of Survivor Series teams. Uh, and absolutely recognizable by the incredible, incredulous mustache on his face.
0: (laughs) And this is Darren saying that, by the way, folks.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. And uh, you can you can guarantee that's what his fan mail was all about. Like, (laughs) Like, dude, seriously, like the dude had a big old melon to begin with, and to grow a mustache. That spread across in such a fantastic fashion. Uh, that was very impressive. And uh, that combined with those sweaters and the cigar and that bowler hat, uh, that was a truly unique look. Like, not only was it anachronistic for the 90s, but also just no one looked like that. No one ever looked like Big Bully Busek. And I think that that was pretty, pretty excellent.
0: Right, it's it's not like a. I mean, I, I hate to say because it, it sounds negative, but I mean, I'm not being negative. Uh, you know, Nick Busek is not someone that you would remember like a like a macho man or a flair or like you know a Dusty or, I mean, the, those uh, those guys are are more or less household names. Uh, but I mean, he's a guy that was just around a lot in the golden era and a guy who, far as we can tell, showed up and did his job and did it to the best of his ability. And you just got to appreciate wrestlers who just. Did their job, you know what I mean? Did the best they could, looked the part, had that giant fucking mustache like he did. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, we've always talked about this in the show. Standing out is so hard to do, but I mean, when you when you have the mustache working for you, Darren, you know about this. I mean, half the work's already done, right? I mean, you have you have plenty of positive qualities, Darren, uh, but I'm just saying that's a waste because all you really need is that mustache. <laughs>
1: That's true. People don't realize all of my good qualities because they are all deep in the shadow of a mustache.
0: Right. Well, I can't I can't see your curly uh, good qualities behind that curly uh, mustache.
1: I, my curly quality is like, like uh, <laughs> Curly <laughs> Howard of
0: The <laughs> Three Stooges. Yeah, yeah, I mean that exactly. Uh, so, uh, Nick, big bully music. Uh, Godspeed and, uh, best to the family, of course. Uh, like I said, some injuries took place, uh, recently. Charlotte Flair actually had a very, uh, a very interesting, uh, injury. She actually suffered from a ruptured implant. Uh, so, I think she's taking a bit of time off. I don't think she's taking the time off right away. I think they're about to do a tour over in Europe, and I think they're waiting until after that to get, uh, the, the... The implant corrected or, or whatever it is. I don't even know what the downtime of that would be. I feel like it's not much. I, I, I obviously I don't know when it comes to that kind of thing. Uh, she well, actually took a little.
1: Precisely. But I mean we are talking about invasive surgery. There's an incision. There has to be manipulation. Of right. The tissue. There's there's obviously a healing of a scar. There's potential blood loss. You got to protect from infection. There has to be at least one round of antibiotics. So, I mean, there's got to be a recovery time, especially when you're talking about uh, her profession being one where she rubs uh, herself all over uh, canvas, which has all sorts of bodily fluids. I mean, that's just begging for a staph infection, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, they have to open her up for it. So, obviously, like you said, there is going to be some downtime Um, She actually had some dental work recently, uh, where she missed a week or so. Um, So it feels like one thing after another with old Charlotte. So I mean, obviously it's nothing career threatening or life threatening. Uh, It's it's an unfortunate unfortunate injury, as we talk about on the show. Uh, We rarely talk about the fortunate injuries. Uh, So you know, obviously Charlotte, get back, uh, get it taken care of, and get back to doing what you do best. And uh, Alexa Bliss not so lucky. Alexa Bliss actually injured her shoulder at Backlash while fighting Nia Jax. And we've said it a lot. Nia Jax uh, can be a little sloppy. A little sloppy. I remember when she fought Charlotte on Raw and basically dropped Charlotte on her head once. Uh, I think it was during a Gauntlet match or something like that. But I mean, people always say like, you know, Nia needs to get into better cardio shape uh, so she exactly. doesn't so she doesn't oh I don't know drop someone on their head. Or injure someone's shoulder, and, and I very quickly. I it seems like we're always negative uh, or very critical on Nia Jax, uh, <laughs> especially the last episode. Uh, but uh, no, no, we 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 believe in Nia Jax's ability. She's still she's still a rookie to me. She's still kind of you know young and fresh. Um, I think she's she thinks she's she seems a bit entitled. Uh, I know she's been around for a little while in the eyes of WWE, but not in the wrestling world. Um, so, I mean, I think she has a lot of potential even now, and I want to see her be the monster again. But injuring Alexa Bliss, I cannot handle that whatsoever. I love Alexa Bliss, and uh, I, I don't think we know a time frame of how long is going to be gone for. Back on Charlotte, I know Charlotte's going to be, I know she's supposed to be involved with Money in the Bank. So, we'll get Charlotte back by then, which isn't that far away. Alexa Bliss, uh, we don't know at this point.
1: No, I'm, I hope she's back ASAP. Alexa Bliss is probably my favorite part of the women's division currently. Not my favorite of all time. Maybe not my favorite for the rest of this year. But at this moment, I just, I really can't get enough. They've done so much damage to Becky Lynch. They've done damage to Charlotte and Asuka. Uh, that leaves uh, Alexa, you know, that leaves Alexa as my number one female Competitor right now, and so I hate to see her miss any time, uh, not only for her own career, but for my viewing pleasure.
0: Right, absolutely. Yeah, Becky Lynch, I forget, exists sometimes, and that's not that's no fault of Becky Lynch. That is absolutely the booking at WWE, uh, and that's that's very unfortunate, very sad. And of course, Alexa Bliss, get better, get back on my TV screen. I need you. Um, moving uh, overseas, over to New Japan territory, Chris Jericho. Uh, now cementing his spot in New Japan Pro Wrestling's dominion by attacking Tetsuya Naito. Is Naito going to be so tranquilo about this, Darren?
1: There's no way in hell. Although, he says he will be. Uh, <laughs> if, if you can believe that. Right. Uh, now, this, this obviously picks up right after the events following Wrestle Kingdom in January in which Jericho targeted Naito, and then Months pass. We see Chris Jericho on the 25th anniversary of Raw. We see Chris Jericho at Greatest Royal Rumble, and uh, even though he's sporting his Hot Topic New Japan Alpha Club T-shirt, it's still much more WWE camp. And then, oh no, there he is! Yeah. There he is on New Japan, and he's and he's taken apart the leader of Los Ingobernables de Japón, right. Tetsuya Naito himself, and that's so exciting. Like, I like the misdirection. I like the sleight of hand, if you will. Uh, Jer- where is he? Oh, is he in New York? Is he uh, in Saudi Arabia? No, he's in Japan!
0: <laughs> right. He gets around. Round, round, get, get around. He gets around. Uh, yeah, it's, it's cool seeing Jericho uh Come back to New Japan and do some more work. Naito is a great opponent. I mean, that that match is going to be very good. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we mentioned uh, on the episode we talked about Greatest Royal Rumble. Jericho is actually supposed to fight The Undertaker, and the casket match was later replaced by Rusev. And word's starting to get out that uh, Jericho was in the casket match until he mentioned to Vince, oh, hey, Vince, by the way, I'm doing this thing with New Japan pretty soon. And Vince went, oh, Okay oh, by the way, you were replaced. Uh, so so that that's interesting and, and totally non-surprising.
1: Oh, yeah, it's not surprising at all. I know on Jericho's podcast, he talks about the fact that uh, he called Vince before the Wrestle Kingdom program and his match against Kenny Omega. And uh, Jericho, of course, Jericho's always ready to put himself over. And mm-hmm. so he put himself over on his own podcast, no less, by saying he didn't have to call Vince. Okay, well, that's probably true. That's legally true. I don't I don't call my ex-bosses and tell them what I'm going to do at work tomorrow.
0: Right, so especially if you're an independent contractor, which Vince claims all of his wrestlers are, which means legally you can wrestle for anyone or work for anyone. But, oh, no, not in the eyes of Vince McMahon.
1: So, you know, after Jericho did that whole thing, put himself over... Th- He then does sort of uh, kiss the ring by announcing on his podcast, like I said, this is following Wrestle Kingdom this year, uh, where where he said he called Vince McMahon anyway, even though he didn't have to. Because, you know, again, putting himself over, that's just the the consummate professional that Jericho is. So says Chris Jericho.
0: Of course. The gospel according to Chris Jericho, of course.
1: Uh, Of course, of course. And, you know, but then... He does actually put McMahon over by saying that McMahon wished him well and said, of course, it was fine. He appreciated the phone call. He wished him luck. He thought it was a good opportunity for him to be sort of an unofficial ambassador to Japan and knew Japan as a company for WWE. And as soon as those words came out of Jericho's mouth on that podcast, I called horse shit. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because, I mean, I'm not going to doubt, I'm not going to say Jericho's lying and he made that up, but if Jericho heard those words come from Vince, then Vince is the one who's lying. Right. And, you know, all you have to do is look at what you're saying about the greatest Royal Rumble and see the proof is in the pudding. Vince McMahon doesn't want anybody working for anyone else except him. Now, when he's powerless to stop you, He may not make a federal case about it, but if he has an opportunity to manipulate what you're doing while underneath the auspices of Titan sports, oh, he will act, and he will act with fury and anger.
0: Well, much like Thanos, uh, I I think Vince McMahon is uh, is a mad Titan, Uh, so you Infinity War fans will get that. that one. True that. That's right. Another combatant who was involved in Greatest Royal Rumble uh, will also be involved in Dominion. That is Rey Mysterio. Uh, So Rey Mysterio is also going to be at Dominion. Uh, He might be, they haven't announced this, I don't think, but probably going to fight Will Ospreay. He was supposed to fight Will Ospreay at the last uh, uh, Long Beach uh, USA New Japan uh, event, which was phenomenal, by the way. Um, so, that might be in the cards for Rey Mysterio, but who knows what Vince said about that, or if Vince even knows, hopefully, if Rey Mysterio is smart, he'll fly under the radar on that one, uh, which is, uh, not possible for Rey Mysterio, because he's always, he's always high-flying, so, hard for him to fly under the radar.
1: And, uh, and like we've said before on this podcast, we would never encourage you to ever go listen to any other podcast, but... If you could find any podcast that has Conan on it, you can pretty much find out all of Rey Mysterio's bookings because Conan loves to uh, spoil all of Rey's bookings. I guess Conan still handles Rey's bo- like business for him, and like I wouldn't do that. I
0: mean, <laughs> <laughs> have you seen how Conan dresses? Yeah, he never, he never buttons up all of his buttons on his button-up shirt
1: see Conan is one of those weird, like old school wrestling Godfather figures where I don't understand the allegiance that some of those people have to other individuals. It's like, and I'm not talking about Conan and Rey Mysterio necessarily, but just other examples where it's like, all right, what'd you do? Did you train me? Okay. That's pretty cool. Uh, Thank you. I paid you most likely. So there's your trend, you know, their (laughs) transaction is done. Right. Or, you know, uh, I broke you in, or I got you your first big break, or, you know, Conan likes to say, whatever, I brought Mysterio to the United States. Uh, Okay, well, Rey Mysterio is from the United States, first of all. and
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, Conan delivered Rey Mysterio Jr. uh, in the back of a taxi. Uh, He was born, and Conan literally brought him (laughs) into this world. Well, that's
1: what it seems like sometimes. Sometimes... You look at some of these uh, these odd uh, friendships that seem more like contracts, and you wonder, "Wow, what what happened here that you just you allow this relationship, which is lopsided as hell, to just continue in perpetuity?" The fact that Mysterio has Conan handling any of his business in 2018 is bananas
0: to me.
2: <laughs>
1: but like I said, you know, I, the first time I ever heard <laughs> about Mysterio being at greatest Royal rumble was from the horse's mouth. As Conan was blabbing as he was a guest on MLW radio. And uh, I was like, Oh, well, okay. I'm glad Conan let us all know where Ray Mysterio is going to be. <laughs> so if you have any doubt about Ray Mysterio's involvement in dominion, Just uh, go look up Conan on Twitter or or find him somewhere. He'll
0: let you know. He'll let you know his whereabouts. Well, this weekend's a pretty big week for a certain independent organization, our favorite independent organization, that have to be Fest Wrestling. Darren and I want to tell you the goings-on that are going on this Saturday at Bring Your Mom 2, but we're not going to do it alone. We're going to do it with our good friend, Fest Wrestling commentator, Max Gregg. Let's do it. That's right, Fest Wrestling fans. This Saturday, May 12th, is Fest Wrestling Bring Your Mom 2. The second one. The second annual Bring Your Mom. And uh, Darren and I are here with someone you might know from the Fest Wrestling world. He is uh, one half of the commentary team You might know him as the bass player for World's Scariest Police Chases. You may also remember him from our Live at the Fest panel. We had a lot of fun talking to this man. Uh, His name is Max Gregg. Max, how are you? I'm very
2: good. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Oh, thank you for being had. (laughs) No problem.
1: (laughs) I always like uh, being having been had. Yes.
0: Who doesn't? (laughs) I I, I love it. It's been a
1: while. It's been since October. Since we've had Max here on the whole and show, and we are stoked to have you back, because you are one half the voice of Fest Wrestling, so all things Fest have to channel through Max Gray. Uh, and you can't forget Rich, can you? Well, no, especially if you ask Rich. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> wow,
0: you he'll turned Rich just now. <laughs>
1: Max, you don't have to comment, you
2: don't have to comment, but I may or may not throw Rich Bokini under the bus. I, I mean, I, I did listen to the last show with Rich, he kind of was giving you a rough time about not mentioning me.
0: So
2: That's true,
0: <laughs> Rich did mention that he, uh, Max, Max can't say Rich doesn't put him over. Um, so, we appreciate having you on the show, uh, we appreciate your commentary whenever we watch Fest Wrestling on, uh. Pivot share and YouTube of course and we appreciate that you are the man of a thousand consonants in your name because a, oh, yeah. a lot of extra a lot of extra letters there I like that that's got, some,
2: got some, uh, some symmetry
0: going though so it's not so bad <laughs> were you named after the comic book max which has an extra X
2: <laughs> uh, I doubt it Because I don't think my parents have ever read a comic book, and I don't know if that existed in 1988, but
0: I could be wrong. It it didn't. I
2: was was
1: (laughs) about to say, and I don't think Max is 18 years old.
0: (laughs) He's youthful. He's a youthful boy. I am pretty young, but you know. (laughs) Well, there you have it. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) let's get into this card. Uh, There are them. Seven matches. Look forward to it, Fest Wrestling uh, this Saturday, which uh, is bring your mom to not Mother's Day. Max informed me <laughs> uh, Mother's Day is actually the thirteenth, so I'm glad I didn't say that on the air like I'm doing right now. That I don't know when Mother's Day is. Uh, I'm a very good <laughs> son. He um, just gave it a- I totally did. I'm I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's get into the action. The first match we're going to talk about is uh, Drennan. Drennan, making a comeback to Fest Wrestling, is taking on a newcomer, Darius Lockhart. Max, what do you know about these two?
2: Well, we've seen Drennan a couple times before. He actually debuted at the last Springer Your Mom. Um, he won a triple threat match. He recently took on Effie in a street fight for the Fest Wrestling Championship in uh, Orlando a couple weekends ago. Oh, nice. So... He's probably looking for another shot at that title. Maybe a victory here will help catapult him to that position. And then we have uh, Darius Lockhart debuting. I don't know much about him. I know he's like a North Carolina. He's held some championships in PWX, but uh, I've watched a few short videos. Um, I'm definitely intrigued. I think he's he's only like 22 or something, and I think he's – It'll be pretty special.
1: He might he might be young enough to be named after The Max. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps.
2: The Max, you know,
1: Lockhart. I saw a lot of, uh, I saw a lot of uh, footage uh, from that drennan match, and uh, it looks like they really took each other to the limit. This one spilled well out of the confines of a wrestling ring. Uh, I think the two were trying to see how much asphalt they
2: could uh, absorb
1: by osmosis.
2: Yeah, I only saw... Um, Still pictures of the match. It looked like it might have ended in the middle of the street. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I saw a pinfall in the middle of the street. I don't know if that's where the match ended, but definitely, you know, I need to go find some footage of that one and watch
0: it back. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we know that uh, Effie is the golden boy of uh, Grab Ass. We did not know he was the golden boy of Grab Asphalt. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, Rich. Rich would have given me so much shit for that one. So I'm glad that he was not here to, to jump down my throat. So who, who do you got? I think Drennan's going to use uh, nasty tactics to get the job done. But Darius has a lot to prove. Uh, you know, first time showing his face at fest wrestling. He's got to make a name for himself. Uh, so who do you got? I'm
2: personally going to go with Darius Lockhart. I think, you know, hmm. he's got a lot to prove in this debut. And I think he's going to show up and I think he's going to do it.
0: Oh, Darren, what do you think?
2: Well, you know, I was going to go with Drennan. Uh, Max, your
1: Max's pick here is starting to water down my certainty. But uh, you know what? For the sake of argument, I'm going to I'm going to stick with Drennan. I think Drennan is going to do whatever nastiness it takes to get the job done.
0: Right. I I think I'm about to go with Darren on this one, Max, only because I know what Drennan's capable of. I know what. Lowe's, he will stoop to to get a win. Um, Darius is an unknown for me, so I got to go with what I know. So, uh, Drennan, I'm going with Drennan. All fair with me. All fair with you. You're a fair man. <laughs> You're much nicer than Rich is. I'll, I'll say that right now. Um, I, I haven't been uh, ran through the
2: business long enough to be a curmudgeon yet.
0: Oh. <laughs> It'll happen. Your time will come. You'll be jaded like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, soon enough. <laughs> Maybe year two. Oh, man. Ooh.
1: I'm also glad, Max, that you are fully on board for making picks uh, going uh, all in, despite the fact that you are part of this organization. I didn't know if perhaps we might run up against for those uh, college football fans out there that are listening who are who may be familiar with uh, Kirk Herbstreet abstaining from uh, making picks if he's calling the game, and uh, I always thought that was kind of a lame out So, nice to have Max Gonna call it before, gonna call it the night of
2: Yeah, I mean I, I know I'm on the commentary team But I'm I'm still a fan uh, You know, I Enjoy it like someone in the crowd But I just get to sit with some headphones And talk to Rich
0: <laughs> That's very cool I'm, I'm glad you're still a fan And again, in a couple more years When you hate wrestling and you hate yourself Uh <laughs> <laughs> You'll still be welcome on the show, Max, all right? I want you to know that. Appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> uh, moving on, we have a six-man tag match. The, uh, the, the new tag team, these guys have tagged a couple of times together, the, the tag team of Beastly and Milo Beasley, uh, the team, team beastly Lee. Milo Beastly, what we call them? Yeah. Uh, they're yeah. being joined by Sug D, a.k.a. Special Dark Sugar Dunkerton, Uh, taking on three guys who are definitely no strangers to each other, Awaken, Leon Scott, Wolf Taylor, and Vandal. Uh, Old Vandal getting in on the action, remembering that he's part of Awaken all of a sudden, uh, getting involved in these six-man matches. It's been a while. Yeah, Vandal uh, lately been kind of breaking away and doing his own thing, Uh, not fitting the the clothes scheme, as we always point out, (laughs) Vandal doesn't look like he's part of it he uh he likes to represent Turkey, and uh, that that's his thing, I guess that's hey man. <laughs> someone's got to represent Turkey,
2: yeah, but you know he's been uh, been involved in the scramble matches lately and it's uh, it's about time he gets back with the boys and see what the awaken can do.
1: yeah, I, I guess vandal can take a moment out of his busy schedule of trying to kill Jamie Senegal. <laughs> <laughs> That was, that was a hell of a spot Man that was I got a bird's eye view of that one And that was gnarly But uh, it will be cool to see him back With with Wolf and Leon They are a formidable group When they're all together And uh, who knows uh, just Like Perry said Seeing Milo and Beastly together uh, We've almost gotten used to that But how are they going to interact here With Sug D uh, It should be quite a match
0: yeah, Suge D. We have not seen since uh, Fest. We are family show, uh, so he hasn't been around for a while. But the Fest crowd knows who he is, and obviously they know who Beasley and Milo Beasley are. And they are sick of seeing Awaken. I'm sure, except for that one Awaken fan. You know who you are. Shout out to that one Awaken fan <laughs> with this with this custom uh, custom Awaken vest. Uh, Leon Scott appreciates that. I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Leon Scott and Wolf Taylor are dangerous enough, and when they're on the same page, they, they can do no right in a good way, uh, for Awaken, uh, when you add Vandal, who's also gonna be in on the game plan, it's dangerous, I'm gonna go with Awaken on this match. Uh,
2: I'm, I'm gonna have to agree with you, I think, uh, Awaken just, they've been a team for many months at this point, over a year, um, although Vandal hasn't really cooperated in the group, I think, uh. I think they're going to pull it together and walk out with a W on Saturday. Oh,
0: snap.
1: Hey, let's make it a hat trick of picks here. I think Awaken does have what it takes. Uh, the unity, I don't know. We we haven't seen a lot of disunity uh, with this group. We have seen Wolf uh, appear to get a little, a little perturbed at being treated uh, like a second fiddle to Leon. But in the end, he typically falls in line. So... I think that we will see unity over disunity. And uh, I'm, I'm going to throw my pick in as for Awaken as well.
0: Yeah, U little I T Y for Awaken. Maybe they'll get the win with that. Uh, this next match, I'm, I mean, I'm super excited about all these matches, but I saw this one go up on Instagram, and I got really, really excited about it. Uh, the team of Dead and Kira Hogan taking on Ariel Monroe and friend of the show, Leva Bates. That match is going to be awesome.
2: I agree with you it's uh all four of these girls are great um, I don't really know how they're all gonna tag with each other they all kind of have different personalities
0: um, I'm interested to see which uh, team clicks though yeah that's true it yeah. is a tag match so it's not all not a, it's not necessarily who's on the team but how well the two people on the team can work together exactly
1: yeah each team has uh, a former number one contender. To the Fest Wrestling Championship, and each of those uh, women have uh, tagging with them relative newcomers to Fest. So that's also an interesting dynamic. Is you have these these main of these Fest main eventers uh, tagging up with some some of the, the the newcomers to Fest. So that's pretty interesting.
0: It, it's kind of like Buddy Day at work, or like uh, you're still new, so they put you with someone who's been around for a while, and they got to show you the ropes. Like, all right. You punch in here, and you come in here, we have coffee here, you put your stuff in the locker, and you do all that. Yeah? Buddy Day? Max? Anyone? (laughs) (laughs) Buddy Day? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Max never heard of Buddy Day.
2: I've never heard of Buddy Day. Oh, uh,
0: okay. I'm
2: not really sure what Buddy Day is, sorry.
1: I'm thinking thinking more of like uh, somebody training a new server, where they're like, all right, and make sure you upsell
0: them the hot fudge brownie explosion. Right, well, that, that's basically Buddy Day. Now, when I worked at Universal Studios Hollywood, and I was a tour guide for, like, six years, uh, you would get a new guide, and you'd have to, like, show them the ropes, like, where wardrobe was and change, you know, to your outfit or work attire, and, like, how to clock in and, like, how to, you know, get onto your tour and what you do after your tour and stuff like that. It was called Buddy Day. I just want to let you know that half my buddies were fired within a month of, uh... <laughs> It's high turnover rate, okay? It's high turnover rate. I did nothing wrong, damn it. Sounds, so, sounds, sounds good. good. Okay, thank it, you. It, uh, <laughs> it sounds like you didn't get them to upsell the, the, the brownie explosion. <laughs> no, I did, and we don't sell food, so they got fired for being uh, incompetent. Also,
1: also, <laughs> also, Buddy Day, that sounds like uh, like a minor character from Full House.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or like an old blues singer. Buddy Day, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
2: Uh, maybe enhancement talent, Buddy Day?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? like old, old, like, he's fresh from the power plant, folks. Buddy Day is here to take <laughs> on, going to take on Jim Powers or something like that. That sounds about right.
1: <laughs> How about Buddy Day's, uh, nickname be Nighttime, so that it makes no sense at all? <laughs> Coming to the ring, Nighttime Buddy Day! Nighttime Buddy Day! I
0: love that. I love that. That's actually beautiful. Um, (laughs) So back to the match. (laughs) Back to the real match. Uh, Like Darren said, two of these folks uh, recently more or less fought Sue Young for that uh, Fest Wrestling Championship back when she was the champion. And by the way, where the hell is Sue Young on this card? Um, Dead and Leva Bates, the two I'm talking about here. So they're formidable (laughs) threats in the wrestling world inside that ring. Um, but man, Holladad and Kira Hogan versus Ariel Monroe and Leva Bates. I don't even know who I'm going to go with at this point. What do you think, Max? Uh, I think I'm going to go with the team of Leva Bates and Ariel Monroe. Oh, snap. Controversy. Yeah, I just think
2: Kira and Holladad just have way opposite personalities. I don't see them clicking in the ring. No offense. I think they're both super talented, but I think as a team, they're just going to come up short.
0: I think it's hard for anyone to be on the same page with Holla Dead, considering she's so she's so out there. Uh, we don't call her a friend of the show, Holla Dead. We call her frenemy of the show, Holla Dead, because she once called into our show and threatened our very lives. Uh, <laughs> that happened that once. About right. <laughs> so, I mean, though I fear going against Holla Dead, and man, I'm, I I might mention this later on when talking about Angel Rose and Rachel Ellering, but. Hollowed Dead versus Rachel Ellering at We Are Family was such a good match. It was like Ooh. kind of like the like un- unsung hero of the night for me. Um, so I know Hollowed Dead is just a phenomenal competitor, um, and but I, I mean I, I gotta go with Leva and Ariel on this one. I really do. So I'm gonna go with them. Darren, what do you think?
1: Again with the hat trick.
0: Uh, oh. I gotta go in with you guys.
1: I think it's all Ariel and Leva all the time.
0: <laughs> all of the time And that's that's nothing against Holladay and Kira Hogan But man just I just think Monroe and Bates will get along better In the ring um,
1: No I, I think that you're right Max I mean Holladay all by herself Is tough as nails As scary as shit She can get the job done But does that translate to being a good Tag team with someone You're not normally tagging with I, I think not
0: yeah, that's that's the route I'm going for sure. Alright. Using the old old wrestling knowledge and know-how. <laughs> old Max Greg. Following that, we got a triple threat match. Uh, newcomer to Fest Wrestling DJ Z. You might know him from Impact <laughs> Wrestling. Uh taking on a non-newcomer, uh Serpentigo, who was not at the last show, by the way. We did miss him. Friend of the show, Serpentico. Uh, and also another man uh, that's making a huge impact. Not at Impact Wrestling, but at Fest Wrestling, uh, Saeed Al-Sabah. This guy impresses me more and more every time I see him. And every time he wrestles, I get even better at spelling his name.
2: <laughs> it took me a couple shows.
0: See? Uh-huh. But now you got it.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, I got it. Saeed Al-Sabah is one of my favorite uh, independent wrestlers right now. He is uh, definitely among my favorites at Fest Wrestling. And I know that I'm not alone. That crowd grooves to that music when he comes out and right there as you know as he drops that last lyric and then hops over the bottom rope i mean people are about to lose their minds like uh the the dude is way over and then he backs every bit of that swag if you will he backs every bit of it up in the ring like there's a lot happening for say al Sabah. i i mean i know at least for the last two fest shows i've said This guy needs a rocket strapped to his back, headed
2: in the direction of the Fest Championship. I couldn't agree more. I think Saib is definitely one of the uh, most talented wrestlers that we have in Fest Wrestling. Um, Definitely has a very bright future in wrestling. Uh, It was cool to see him team up with Carlina Gore, but I'm kind of glad to see him moving back into the singles route. I don't know if he's going to pull ahead in this one. He's got quite some competition. DJ Z, Serpentico... Uh, sorry, action figure just fell off my desk. <laughs>
0: billy Gunn. I, I, I think you meant business document. Business document yeah, fell for, off your desk. Okay. Yeah, my
2: documents fell. Um, <laughs>
0: but
2: yeah, uh, I've been lucky enough to see DJ Z. He's wrestled a lot in the Pittsburgh area over the years. Um, super talented dude. He's making waves and impact right now, too. Um, and then Serpentico. You know he's picked up some big wins in fest wrestling against Matt Cross. Um, yeah, I I think uh, back at Brawl at the Beach he defeated Darby Allen and Shane Strickland in a triple threat match. Correct. Yes, he so did. As far as triple threat matches go, I'm probably leaning towards Serpentico in this one. With you know taking out Shane Strickland and Darby Allen, that's pretty tough to beat. So I'm personally going to go with Serpentico in this one. Wow, that is that
1: man. Yeah, but but there's no denying. I mean, he may, he might be cold blooded, but his uh, his fest record is on fire, and uh, Serpentico. It's hard to argue against that. But I, I'm going. I'm going to go with with Sabah because I think that there's just wow. There's just something that can't be denied there, even with Serpentico's success.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with Darren on that one. Uh, Serpentico, I love. He is great. A uh, very talented guy. Again, a friend of the show. Um, it's always hard to go against people that have been on the show. Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> I think Sabah's got more to prove. So I think it means more to get a win here, especially if you beat someone who is on such an incredible winning streak, which is you know Serpentico. Um, DJZ's a wild card, though. I don't know much about him. I've seen him a bit on Impact. But I mean, I gotta go with Saive, man. Saive Al Sabah. I believe in Saive. Believe in Saive. Uh, so it's a smart pick. It's just not the one I'm going with for Saturday. Oh man. Well, hope you don't have yeah. an egg on your face when you're raw. <laughs> uh, I,
2: could, I usually do.
0: Oh okay. Well, that sounds delicious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Impact Wrestling, Angel Rose singles match here against Rachel Ellering. Again, her match. Ellering's match with Holodead at We Are A Family was like just such a great match to me. So I'm glad to see Ellering back because she has not been back since. Because We Are Family was her debut. And now she's back. That's awesome. And Angel Rose finally, finally healed up. I feel like she got injured multiple times uh, over the last like six months or more. It feels like forever. Um, and Angel Rose, hopefully at 100%, uh, against Rachel Ellering. Two very different styles of wrestling. But I think it's, it's going to mesh well. And they're going to kind of complement each other, I think. Uh, so we'd expect all kinds of wrestling styles in this match. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it's going to be real good.
2: Um, it was good to see Angel Rose back in that Hardcore Hunt match, but, you know, with eight people in a match, I didn't really get to see if she was back to 100% or not. So I think, you know, this one-on-one match is definitely, we're going to see she's 100% recovered from that knee injury. Um, and then Rachel, like you said, her match against holiday was incredible what we are family i think this one might even be a little bit better in my opinion so i'm looking real forward to this one i think despite not having a championship on the line this
0: and that last triple threat match could be the two best matches of the night there's no championship there's- belt there's at least bragging rights there's always bragging rights
2: yeah and it could put you in the line for one of those championships there you go
1: yeah, and, I, and that's why I'm banking on saeed for that triple threat is uh, I'm thinking that, you know, we've got to maneuver this dude to get the shot. And I think that saeed is is the guy to do it. But I'm, I'm backtracking. I going to pick Rachel Aller <laughs> to win this match. I think that, Max, you're, you're on the money there, that Angel Rose, uh, this is her opportunity. This is her, not her coming out party, but her coming back party. And... Uh, it's just the platform she needs to be able to showcase what she can really do, and not not have it all si- sort of smothered by all these other ancillary competitors. It's just her and Rachel.
0: Um, I think it's a match of uh, power versus speed. Uh, Rose has got plenty of speed, but if Rachel gets her hands on uh, on Angel Rose, it might be a it might be a bad situation for Angel, especially if she's a bit we'll say delicate, uh, because he might still be a little bit tender from her injuries, Uh, I'm going to go with Rachel Ellering on this one. Uh, Max, was your your pick, did you make a pick officially? I didn't
2: didn't make a pick. I'm going to go with Angel, though, I think.
0: Oh, again. Yeah. Uh, Yeah,
2: I I, I just think, um, yeah, like you said, it's our coming back party. I think what what better way to party than get a win against Rachel Ellering on Saturday?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I can see that happening. I mean, it could be either one of these ladies. I'm I'm just (laughs) – I don't know Angel Rose's condition at this point, and I know Rachel's good to go, so uh, it's I'm gonna go with Rachel on that one. So again, not going with us, you're betting against the grain here, or I should say, betting against the brain. That is the whole ref and show, only wrestling (laughs) podcast that calls it right down the middle. Um, well, awesome. It's gonna be a good match. You know who's gonna win? The fans. The fans. The fans. (laughs) Rich did like that win one. Fest wrestling. A- a- indeed, that that's very true.
1: As cliche as that is, the fans always do actually win at fest wrestling. <laughs> I,
0: I, no, I've never seen anyone leave a fest show. I'm happy. Well, I've I've seen like Leon Scott leave uh, a, a puppy option. He's
1: not a fan.
0: He's I've i seen... fan seen anything. <laughs> I've seen Leon Scott leave a leave a puppy puppy petting zoo unhappy. Um, <laughs> Trying to say he's a mean mad man is what I'm trying to say. Hey, hey, we
1: got. He is. That dude
0: eats, sleeps, and breathes venom. <laughs> he's not a nice person. That's right. He's very not nice. He's very not nice. That's the best I had at that he's moment. A um, the. Uh, <laughs> those brand new Shining Fest Wrestling Championship belts are on the line, folks. Well, I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know how clean they're going to be being in the possession of one uh, Timmy Luretten and a White Mike over the past few months. Uh, so the Gymnasty Boys are putting them belts on the line, them yams, I believe. They, they call themselves the Yampians. Uh, taking on the Ducks, the ugly ducklings, friends of the show, Rob Killjoy, Lance Lude. Hopefully Coach Mikey will be on hand. He was not there last time, which may have taken the Ducks off their game a little bit. But I think they still scored a win against Tech.
2: Yeah, um, I think we are going to have Coach Mikey back, oh. I, I, if my intel is correct.
0: Oh, you have intel. See, that's why we bring you on the show, because you have intel.
2: Actually, uh, I drove out to Ohio um, maybe three weeks ago to see uh, the Ugly Ducklings and Gymnasty Boys were at a Remix Pro Show. Oh. Uh, they faced off in a triple threat tag team match, and unfortunately, neither of our teams won.
0: are um,
2: there was some cheating involved. It, was, it wasn't very fair. I was upset about it, but...
0: I don't know, can, can you be mad when you cheat against the Gymnasty Boys? Can you be mad when cheaters get cheated upon? I don't know.
2: Well, they did They did take out the duck, so I, I felt slighted.
0: Oh, that is slighting, isn't it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> tell you who would be mad at that, Leon Scott.
0: Oh, yes, so, indeed. He would.
2: Why not? Uh, Gymnasty Boys and Ugly Ducklings, this rivalry has been going on in and out of Fest Wrestling for over a year now, I'm guessing. I I don't even know if I could pick a winner in this one. Like, they're two of the most talented tag teams on the independent circuit right now, in my opinion. I mean, they might not have these huge names that other tag teams do, but I think as far as in-ring work goes, those two two teams are tough to beat. So, I don't even know who to go with. Um, I I guess I'll stick with the champions, the Gymnasty Boys, just because I could see them... Using some uh, dirty tactics.
0: Oh, to oh, work yeah. Out with the victory, that, that that is that is accurate. These guys are not going to lose those belts, and I love the ducks. I love the ducks. The ducks know I love the ducks. The ducks know that we love the ducks here on the whole Ref and Show, the only wrestling podcast calls it right down the middle. But those Gymnasty boys are not going to lose those belts. They got to put them on the strippers. <laughs> if you follow them on social True. media, you know they do that. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to have to go with you on this one, Max, and say that uh, the Gymnasties are going to hang on to him by any means necessary, if I may say.
2: But you have to uh, remember Coach Mikey is on the outside. He could um, get involved, not let any of this uh, Gymnasty Boy tricks get out of hand. He could kind of keep it all in line.
0: It's true. Very true.
2: Well, you know what
1: I say. What? Whack. Whack. I'm going with the Ugly Ducklings. It's their time, damn it. It is their time. It is time for the Ugly Ducklings to fly out of eight seconds with the Fest Tag Team gold. That's right. Gold on white around the waist of some ugly damn ducklings.
0: Well, yeah, the Ducks want uh, hashtag all the grilled cheeses. Uh, I don't know why these tag teams insist on referring to tag team championship belts as food, uh, but they do. Uh, well,
1: I think that they I think that they probably got the memo that Vince McMahon said you can't call them belts. So what are you? What else can you call them?
0: <laughs> right. What are some other nouns we can call them? Uh, okay.
2: Fair enough. Fair
0: enough. <laughs> All right. We are a house divided on this one, folks. Darren going with the ducks, and uh, Max and myself going with gymnasty boys. Old Timothy Retton and White Mike. That takes us to the main event of the night. Man, this one should be really good. Effie, the golden boy of Grabass taking on <laughs> Joey Ryan. Man, this I think this match is going to be something we have not seen from either one of these competitors. I'm very much looking forward to it. I think a lot of the Effie fans looking forward to it. A lot of the Joey Ryan fans want to see how Effie and Joey Ryan interact in that ring. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing this. Yeah,
2: and then at the end of the last show, we kind of saw a new side of Effie, a, a pissed-off Effie. He was uh, lashing out on Tony about flying in all these independent talents while he's making the drive from Tallahassee, and uh, <laughs> he's definitely, uh, definitely a new side of him. He seems very pissed off and uh, not what I expected. You know, he's got a brand new championship around his waist, but kind of got a new mean streak. And um,
1: yeah. Yeah. What has the title done to Effie? I mean, like clearly it has emboldened him, but uh, the edge, like that, like you said, the, the, this, this extra uncalled for surliness, like to, especially to go after Tony, um, I mean, I'm not going to say that Effie's wrong, but, you know, it's it's, it's, the, uh, it's the old Big Lebowski saying, you're not wrong, Effie, you're just an asshole. <laughs> you know, and I never thought I would say that. Effie, dear, dear friend of the show, longtime part of the whole reference show, and uh, a fest family favorite. Uh, but, yeah, to see that side of Effie is very different. To go back to what Perry was saying, Uh, when he introed this match, Effie and Joey Ryan, I mean, I will say, we're like Steve Urkel and Cheese, and we're quite partial to Effie. But, despite that, despite that...
0: Despite that, folks.
1: (laughs) Effie is your fest champion. Effie, you know, is at WrestleCon, and Effie is all over the Southeast and beyond now. This is a name, this is a, a... north florida homegrown talent that is exploding on the indie scene and now he's taking on one of the hottest acts in independent wrestling and has been for some time to me this is an epic level next level kind of matchup
0: i absolutely agree with you i think at this point the the, the weird okay the weird thing about this match and I mean no disrespect here whatsoever, if you, you kind of get what I'm saying here. I feel like this is a match that Joey Ryan needs more than Effie actually needs. Does that make any sense to you? Because I think a lot of people see a Joey Ryan match and go, oh, he's that guy, he's going to do that thing. And I think as awesome as that is, and no one can do Joey Ryan like Joey Ryan can do Joey Ryan, and it's great every single time, there needs to be something different. I think when you bring him in against Effie... Is that something different? Like, I, I don't... I mean, Effie doesn't have the following that Joey Ryan has, yet I think he's <laughs> slowly climbing up there. So I, I, I think uh, the, the video that Effie put out recently, uh, the, the little, uh, <laughs> little promo bit for this match, was genius. It was great. Calling out Joey Ryan, you know, saying he's not afraid of him, you know, obviously making references to the whole, the crotch grab, which, I mean, just... I think everyone's going to be waiting for that moment to happen. And how is Effie going to be different from, you know, the thousands of other wrestlers that have grabbed Joey Ryan's dong? And I just said that. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I I really, I I just, this character against this character, I can't wait to see the two of them in the ring. I, I can't wait to see it. I'm with you. So... What happens? Um, okay, so I might be incorrect in saying this, but I'm
2: pretty sure Effie is the only wrestler that has been on every single Fest Wrestling show so far.
0: Oh. Um,
2: he feels like Fest Wrestling is the first company to really give him a shot. Um, I think Fest Wrestling means more to Effie than anyone that stepped in those ropes And I think because of that, Effie is going to walk out champion, still champion on Saturday.
1: Oh. going to go with now. I cannot agree more, and and that that, and uh, I am famously long-winded, but I I have nothing to add to that. Effie wins.
0: (laughs) Wow, I am I am at a loss for words here, folks. Uh, Something Darren never actually is. Um, I yeah, Joey Ryan's great. And uh, he's obviously accomplished a lot in his career. Effie has worked so hard to get where he is. He's finally on top, and he's he's batting away competitors as they're coming out of the woodwork Adam him, Leva Bates. Obviously, commenting on Tony Weinbender uh, of Fest Wrestling, bringing in the, quote, indie darlings, the uh, the WWE has-beens, uh, which is, he had some nuts to say that in front of Leva Bates and on a show that Simon Grimm is also wrestling at. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, I get Effie's feelings, you know, like, you know, send me the best wrestlers, not just because they were on SmackDown a couple of years ago. So I, I understand that. But, I mean, sometimes it's kind of careful what you wish for. Because I think Joey Ryan, he's not from WWE, but, man, he's got some miles. He's got some real miles. He's wrestled a lot of people, a lot of different styles, and maybe he can adapt yeah. to... Effie's sassitude. We shall see. But, again, Effie's got more on the line. I'm gonna go with Effie on it as well. So, all three of us say our boy Effie. We might be a little biased here because he's best wrestling champion. And, uh, I don't know. So, Effie!
2: Yeah! Uh, I think we're in for one heck of a show
0: on Saturday. Um,
2: I'm looking forward to just about every single one of these matches. In fact, all these matches. I don't see any duds on this card We got some debuts, we got some returns, and uh, a few championship matches. I think that triple threat match and that Rachel Ellering-Angel Rose match are, you know, going to be as important as those uh, championship matches, too.
0: I agree. No duds here. And let's be honest, if there were a dud somewhere, we probably wouldn't point it out. Uh... Buddy Day versus Jim Powers. Oh, God. Can hey, that go on I'm before the? Buddy Day to you. <laughs> I hope
2: I hope Leva Bates cosplays as uh, Buddy Day.
0: Oh my God! All right, I, I need to get Leva on the horn and say you have to be Buddy Day, and then giggle yeah, while we'll, while she's trying we'll get, to Google we'll who Buddy Day is. <laughs> Says he was a he was a, a linebacker for the the Miami Dolphins <laughs> in '79. Uh- <laughs> and
2: now, now he sells cars. <laughs> As soon as we
1: get, as soon as we finish recording, I'm going to go, uh, try to get a, uh, and secure the URL for nighttime (laughs) buddy (laughs) day. Maybe I can get a verified Twitter account for nighttime buddy
0: day. Oh my God. Wow. Well, I'm glad we accomplished one thing for sure on this, uh, preview here for Fest Wrestling, uh, bring your mom too, which is going down in Gainesville, Florida, at eight seconds, where it typically does, not Curia on the drag, Darren. No. Bad.
1: Oh damn it!
0: Bad Darren. Um that is happening uh this Saturday. That's actually May 12th. Uh Fest Wrestling. Tickets on sale at FestWrestling.com. Check it out. And uh yeah, super packed card, no duds, Nobody day. Uh <laughs> Darren will be there. Max Gregg will be there. Max Gregg's always happy to talk to all the fans, sign all the autographs. Uh and he he likes the long conversation, you know? He he'll give you 20 minutes of his time, uh hour or two, take him to Red Lobster afterwards. He'll tell you all about wrestling and maybe what it's like to be in a band. Uh World's scariest police chases. Yeah, Max? Yeah.
2: Um I love those those uh biscuits from Red Lobster. Oh, so, cheddar yeah. bay biscuits.
0: Take me, cheddar take bay. Me to Red Lobster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There you have it folks If you want to get to know Max Take him to Red Lobster For some Cheddar Bay Biscuits He'll tell you anything you want to know Um, No Max thank you so much For uh, taking the time and being with us uh, Here on the uh, whole Ref and show And uh, where can people find you online Plug your social media man
2: Uh, You don't need to find me online Um, (laughs) Fair enough What I want you to do online though Is go to uh, festwrestling.pivotshare.com Oh get a seven-day free trial uh we also have other promotions featured on that like defy and uh bar wrestling which is owned by joey ryan pcw uh you know go to the shows buy some goddamn t-shirts you can buy them online too um keep us afloat and go to go to rich Bokini's twitter if you want to look at something on twitter
0: don't plug Bokini. don't plug Uh, Bokini. he's got enough
2: He's the best play-by-play
0: in the biz. Oh, he put Rich over. Oh, they love oh, each other. Love
2: Rich. Rich is the best.
0: Aww, he, okay, fine. Rich is the best. I'm only pretending to be mad at him for no reason. <laughs> anyway, he's lovely. Okay, well, you heard it here, folks. The nicest commentary team in all of indie wrestling, Rich Bokini, and of course, Max Gregg. Thank you again for being on the show, Max. We're going to see you this Saturday in Gainesville at 8 seconds for Bring Your Mom too.
2: Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, buddy. We'll see you soon.
0: And once again, we got to thank Max Gregg for taking the time out to come onto our show and talk a little Fest Wrestling with us. Something tells me he likes that topic a lot.
1: Um, I would say it's the fact that he works for the company.
0: Probably. And
1: at least half, if not three-fourths of his uh, attire usually says Fest Wrestling
0: on it. <laughs> you have to admire that, that he's... Even though he's not on the clock, he's on the clock he's a he's a walking billboard for the company and uh, Tony Weinbender, I'm sure appreciates that right
1: yeah hashtag admire the attire
0: oh acquire the attire for others to admire
1: <laughs> that's a little long that's a little long'm <laughs> uh, making
0: like that it. i'm making i'm making that t-shirt right now <laughs> I, I think max might wear it <laughs> He'll wear that, and hopefully he'll wear our brand new Nighttime Buddy Day t-shirts as well. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to get to, to work on that copyright. Folks, don't take that copyright from us. We worked hard on that name. <laughs> we
1: worked hard right off the top of our
0: head. <laughs> hey, man, that's where the best ideas come from. In fact, I think that's where all ideas come from, uh, people's heads. So, Well,
1: that's true. That's true.
0: That is true. What else is true is that WWE Backlash went down this past weekend in Newark, New Jersey on May 6th, my birthday, and WWE did me no favors on my birthday. I will tell you that right now, folks. Uh how was Backlash for you, Darren? For me it was uh it was so-so. So-so.
1: Um it was it was okay. I uh but I got to ask you real quick. So WWE didn't do you any favors, so
0: you didn't get like a free dessert? And they didn't send people over to sing to you. No, no. This is the second time we referenced uh, desserts at a restaurant. By the way, uh, on the episode. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm no, hungry, I'm... Perry. I'm hungry. <laughs> Actually, did not get cake and ice cream on my birthday, but I made up for it the next day when I got uh, cake, cake and ice, ice cream. cream. There you go. Yes, yes, <laughs> indeed. Oh
1: man, I love it. I love it. I didn't love Backlash though.
0: Oh. I...
1: But guess what? I didn't hate it. I feel like I'm turning into a WWE apologist and that's the last thing that I am and you know that. (laughs) And our listeners know that. Our hashtag dear listeners know beyond a shadow of a doubt after 83 and let's see, I'm checking my watch 83 and a half episodes our listenership knows I am no WWE apologist. I have been critical as hell. I have thrown Vince McMahon under the bus that I'm driving. And yet, the IWC reactions to Greatest Royal Rumble and Backlash have been so over-the-top negative that I feel like a ding-dang WWE apologist just for not joining in with all the vitriol. It's not that bad, Chicken Little. The sky is not falling. It's still a wrestling show. Hell, the Miz-Rollins match was better than anything that happened in the year 2004 in WWE. It's not
0: that <laughs> bad. Of all the years, I think that's the most accurate year to be like, oh, it's not It's not 2004 bad.
1: No, it's not 2004 bad because, oh, wow. That is hot, stinking garbage on a hot plate. (laughs) It's also hot. Um, Okay, but Backlash, it was last weekend from Newark, New Jersey. This is the first one that was presented by Raw and SmackDown as now all network specials will be co-branded. And we see the cycle continue. There is a brand split. It is a complete split. Then they will... Co-sponsor and then they will reunite and eventually they will split and they will be a complete split and wash, rinse, repeat every decade or half decade, and uh brand splits are uh are nonsense. Um I understand why this one happened for sure, though the WWE is so overfull, but we have beaten that horse to death and then beat it far beyond its death. Let's talk about backlash that everybody hated so, so much. And I just don't understand how you could possibly hate it that much.
0: I think the real backlash was the fans. The fans' it backlash. Was. Maybe yes. maybe the fans read the word backlash and were like, you know what? I'm my backlash. Maybe that's it.
1: Maybe they took it as an order. <laughs> right. So the opening match was Seth Rollins versus The Miz for the intercontinental championship. Seth Rollins comes in as the champ and Seth Rollins leaves as the champ, but not for a lack of trying. The Miz puts on an excellent performance here. I am still so big on the Miz and, uh, I hated to see him not capture the belt here. Um, both of us said that he wouldn't. So it wasn't that I was disappointed in my pick. Um, But I actually said uh, to myself, I hope I got this one wrong about halfway through the match because I thought if The Miz is going to win it back anytime soon, this would be the match because this is the kind of performance that makes The Miz look like he is that perennial legitimate contender, that he's not a chicken shit heel. He's a heel who can back it up. He can actually go out there and out wrestle a baby face of similar caliber. And, and I like that. Uh, I mean, that that's not old-school wrestling, but it's good wrestling. So, uh, anyway, we were both right. We both started the show strong uh, with a correct pick.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, that was pretty easy to call. Rollins retaining the belt. Uh, again, I'm kind of tired of the matchup. I, I'd like for these guys to go fight other people. And I'm not saying they're not good competitors who can't put on a good match. I'm just – I've seen it a thousand times, I feel like, at this point. You know, a long – a long WrestleMania program leading up to this, and then now Backlash typically is you know rematches from Mania. Um, so, I mean, all, all the confidence in the world these guys have put on a good match because they're good competitors, but, I mean, again, I don't care at this point. But, uh, yeah, Rollins uh, hangs on to the belt, as he should.
1: In the second match, we see Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss compete for Nia's newly won Raw Women's title. And Nia Jax doesn't need blonde hair. I'm sorry. (laughs) The criticism continues. Uh, is it fair? Probably not. Is it warranted? Yeah, it is. Uh, you're a performer. You're setting yourself up, uh, for public scrutiny. You know, I didn't make you get on television. You know, you got on, you got on full HD television and you, and you made a poor choice in hair color (laughs) <laughs> and uh it washes her out, man. It washes her out. And why would she do it? There's a million blondes in the world. Nia Jax needed to be the brunette that she is. And I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go full on <laughs> I'm gonna go full on gay hairdresser Calisto right here and say also the combination of like her makeup with the blonde hair, not no, no. I'm sorry, girlfriend, it is not working you that's not your colors those are that's not your season sweetheart you cannot wear that much glittery pink on the upper part of your face it doesn't work
0: wow wow uh how about her, her her wrestling abilities how about that
1: um well i think you already covered that earlier she's a pretty talented wrestler and it all goes south when she runs out of oxygen
0: right she, does, she makes mistakes like hurting Alexa Blitz when she does in this match.
1: I mean, yeah, as sad as it is to say it and put it that way, but that's exactly what happens. Uh, her, her greenness is not the fault uh, of her sloppiness. It, it's her cardio. You said it earlier. When she's on her game, she is the monster that we say she should be all the time. I mean, I mean there God, there's such a simple formula to wrestling. There's such a simple formula to monster heels. And they have I don't know what they've done with this. They threw out the <laughs> recipe. You know, it's like, you know, it's not that hard. Recipes are not that difficult to follow, you know, unless you throw the recipe away and you're like, all right, so um, well, I'm making cookies and I don't have any sugar, so I can't put Three-fourths of a cup of sugar. What if I put three-fourths of a cup of garlic salt? Right. Will that be good? No, Nia Jax is not good.
0: Right. Well, I mean, in in this case, you're you're making a turkey and the, the the turkey is the rock's cousin. So it's gonna have some uh some thoughts on how it should be prepared. Uh, and it doesn't always come out the the right way, maybe.
1: Well, the turkey should have the turkey should be afforded no thoughts on how it is prepared because <laughs> turkey is what's for dinner.
0: Right, right. But we said that you know it makes all the sense in the world for Naya to hang on to the belt, uh, and she does. So we we're right about that one. And uh, again, good thing because if Alexa won the belt back and then was unable to compete to defend it, uh, then who knows what kind of uh, tap dancing they'd have to do. So Naya goes over.
1: Yeah, it'd be some of that weird uh, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins,
0: Kevin Owens, tap dancing that we
1: had to suffer through.
0: Naomi, uh, poor Naomi, giving up the belt because she couldn't defend in 30 days and returning to active competition within 30 days.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Right, of course. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, but now we've got another title. Got another title match as Jeff Hardy, the United States champion, Takes on Randy Orton. I believe you called this and you called this a "Who Gives a Shit" match. Is that what you called it last week?
0: Sounds like something I'd say if it involves Randy Orton. Sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh, that news never got back to Vince. Or if it did, it was like one of uh, Inspector Gadget's uh, memos and it's self-destructed
0: I mean it's a lack of enthusiasm for Randy Orton but also for the U.S. title which hasn't really again I mean you look at the last six months of the title it's kind of like what the hell are they doing with this title um and it's 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 always been compared to the Intercontinental Championship because that's what the comparison is that's what it was in WCW where the U.S. title belt came from and it, it never will be as cool as the IC belt in the World Wrestling Federation so that's just it.
1: Exactly. The U.S. title was always a badass belt in the NWA and the WCW. It was. Right. It it was the equivalent of the IC belt when it was in a competing company. But when it's in the same company, and especially ever since they went to that weird, like... The design of the belt is garbage. I I mean, I'm trying to, like, what... it, It looks... It looks like it's porcelain. It doesn't even look metal. You don't put primary colors on the metal of a belt. It makes it look porcelain at best and plastic at worst. Right. Like it's just a it's a it's a hideous looking belt and when you don't want to look at it, how can you possibly you know put any value on it? Right. Now I don't
0: no, it, it looks kind of like the spinner belt when John Cena was champion. It looks like a child's toy. It doesn't look like an actual professional title you would hold. So I get that.
1: Yeah. And like we said, we, we like the idea that Jeff Hardy has the belt. We talked about that last week, uh, but only because it gives him a direction, a, a something and anything to, to switch brands and to be away from Matt and, um, because otherwise, why are you doing that? You know, I think it's the first question that a viewer would ask. So at least uh, at least the belt is serving that purpose. And uh, we both think Jeff Hardy to hang on to this belt for this match because we thought there's just no way. There's no way you're going to just <laughs> shit all over Jeff by putting him on uh, SmackDown and giving him nothing, especially in light of, okay, he's coming back from his injury. He's going to be Brother Nero. He's going to be part of the the whole Woken thing. Oh, no, he's not. Well, then you better give him something. Otherwise, he is on a fast track to Kurt Hawkinsville. Oh, wow. And uh, and Randy Orton, of course, I said last week, the number one thing was I understood giving Orton the U.S. title the first time because it was the belt he had not held. Giving it to him a second time is like, is, is almost like a demotion. Giving it to him the first time is, uh, is a bucket list check. Right. Giving it to him the second time is, is an insult, really.
0: Yeah, the first time is basically, now you can say you're a Grand Slam champion, you've held all the titles, and then second time's like, why do you care? <laughs> so, I mean, Randy Orton's a good example of someone who really didn't work their way up the ladder. He kind of, I kind feel of like he showed up and won the, uh, the main prize pretty shortly after hitting the scene, right? Well, he
1: did. He was, at the at the time that he won the world title, he was the youngest person ever to win the world title.
0: There you go.
1: And that is what it is. I, I, I didn't like him then. <laughs> I didn't like him then either. Right. Uh, back when he just had a bunch of random tribal tattoos and none of them were <laughs> connected by by skulls. Uh, and he had that, he had the, I don't know, the, an eighth grader haircut, you know. It's it's rare when I when I when I think that an Air Force haircut is an improvement, um, but an Air Force haircut will always be an improvement on an eighth grader
0: haircut. And, <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so Randy if, if
1: Randy Orton had only had a mullet at one time, then he would have had the three worst haircuts in in human history.
0: Right. Randy Orton's one of three people that have been around for over a decade that it's like please change your entrance music. Yesterday, uh,
1: well, you know, and we learned a long time ago that he hates that music,
0: right? Or or hated it back in the day, but I think he kind of grew into it. um I mean, other two people I'm talking about when I talk about three peoples, one the Miz, I hate his music and I always will. The Miz himself, though, I think is very talented and good on the mic and all that stuff. And Dolph Ziggler, I think, is a fantastic wrestler, but I hate his music as well. So yeah, yeah,
1: no, I'm with you, Miz, and uh, those are perfect examples. You know, you know what I want The Miz to come out to. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can
1: hate me now by Nas. They, oh, they teased it. They teased it. They played just that snippet of it in his package uh, right before his entrance at WrestleMania 27. And I bit down hard. Hook, line, and sinker. They had me. And ever since then, we're talking about seven years and counting. I want that music for Gomez.
0: Maybe one day. He'll, he'll be around for the next 20 years, Darren, so you may eventually get your wish.
1: He'll only listen to this podcast. <laughs> so Jeff Hardy wins. We said he would win. He does win. And it is an underwhelming performance uh, by both men.
0: <laughs> so good job there. Moving on.
1: In the fourth match of the evening, we see Big Cass take on Daniel Bryan And the novelty of Brian's return is not lost yet. It's not old. It's not stale. The yes movement is in full swing as everyone is so stoked to hear flight of the Valkyries crank up and they start sticking their index fingers in the air for Daniel Bryan. I know that I do. I'm a huge fan of Daniel Bryan and I'm a huge fan of big Cass. And as forced as this storyline is, I don't dislike it.
0: its I mean, it is forced. (laughs) First and foremost. It is forced.
1: But you've got two people coming back after, with Brian, a very, very long absence. And Cass, a prolonged absence because of injury. So how do you bring two people back like that, not chasing a title, and then just put them in a program together? Of course it's going to be forced.
0: Right. I mean, this is typical David and Goliath uh, matchup here. Um, It's not even that, it's not even Big Cass being a heel going like, I hate authority because Brian is no longer an authority now that he's just a competitor on SmackDown Live. And like we talked about in the last episode, it's a precarious situation because, as you said, they're both returning. So when you put them against each other, that means one has to win. Uh, and in this situation, both competitors would suffer from a loss. Uh, if Big Cass loses, he's lost to two quote-unquote tiny people. Uh, he can't beat, if he's if he's Big Cass, he's seven foot tall, and you can't teach that. I haven't heard that in forever. Um, why can't he beat guys that are like five foot five? <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's that. Daniel Bryan also, he's, he's the ultimate underdog, You know, overcoming adversity, yada, yada, yada. So, who goes over on who? Well, I said there would be no winner, be- simply because of what I just said. There needs to not be a clear winner in this match. You said it means more if Big Cass goes over on Daniel Bryan, but we're both wrong as Daniel Bryan actually goes over on Big Cass. Now, there may have been a different ending to that match uh, scheduled, prior to the match actually happening, but apparently Big Cass ruffled some feathers over at Titan Tower when they did a segment on SmackDown Live where a little person comes out dressed as uh, Daniel Bryan. Big Cass is supposed to hit him once and leave him alone. Apparently Big Cass said, I'm going to hit him more than just once, and they were like, no, don't do that. But Big Cass did it anyway, where he hit the little person and then you know did some mounted punches On the guy, obviously not hitting him for real. For those who don't know, wrestling is not real. Um, But still, I guess it was dangerous enough, or it really, really pissed some people off because they basically said, don't do that. And Big Cass said, okay, and did it anyway. (laughs) If you're going to improvise or ad-lib, don't say, hey, I'm going to do it, only to be told, do not do it, and then go, I'm just going to do it anyway. That's probably going to piss off your boss at any job you uh, have. Let alone the world of WWE where Vince McMahon is king.
1: Yeah, talk about about a totalitarian rule. That's what Vince McMahon does up in his ivory Titan Tower. Right. I was very surprised to see Daniel Bryan win in this fashion. With the Yes Lock, Big Cash just taps. He just got beat. And like uh, yeah, I can see that being a clean finish the third or the fourth time they wrestle. But the reason I picked Cass was because I thought that this would be the first uh, match of, of an extended program. What Where do you go now? Like, really, where do you go now? And uh, I don't know. Um, it was a nice moment. But again, that should have been the finish of their second, third, or maybe even fourth match.
0: Right. No, no, the I, moment, I agree. the moment
1: is good. The moment's just out of place in time.
0: Right. You don't start with There's
1: that. not enough backstory to for that to be a good climax. It's simply, I don't know, a climax <gasps> too early.
0: No, no, absolutely. Well, a little, little, premature, premature climax on uh, Big Cass and and uh, Daniel Bryan's plot there. Uh, well, hey,
1: they're, they're those, guys, those guys are out of practice.
0: Right, right, right. It happens to the best of us, uh, everyone, so uh, we don't talk about that. But, uh, so we got that one wrong. Daniel Bryan won, and uh, good triumphed over evil for <laughs> reasons uh, that are kind of controversial, kind of up in the air.
1: The next match uh, kind of went the same way. Carmella taking on Charlotte Flair. Well, I mean... Unlike the last match, we did pick Carmella, uh, but I was still surprised to see the match go the way it did. Um, I don't know what this was. Was this a, a legitimizing match for Carmella? Was it booked this way so that she looks like she could, you know, conceivably be the champion without, you know, money in the bank advantage, without the uh, outside interference advantage of the iconics. Just it seems surprising to, to see Carmella kind of hold her own with Charlotte here.
0: Yeah, very surprising. This is the first time basically fighting Charlotte with the belt even in the picture, considering she won the belt because she cashed in money in the bank. And by the way, I don't think we talked about that. When Carmella gives Mike Kyota the the briefcase, the money the bank briefcase and Mike Iota acts like he has no idea what the concept of money in the bank is and takes 20 minutes to finally kind of realize and go, Oh, okay. (laughs) She's cashing in the money. Is it money in the bank? Money in the bank to wrestle for like, if if you watch that, it's the most agonizing, like, what the, what are you doing? What are you, Mike Yoda? you've been in wrestling for 40,000 years. Like you ain't never heard of money in the bank before. Go back and watch that. And you'll, you'll actually be like, what is happening? Um, yeah I think I, I think I am going to have to
1: go back and watch that. I didn't realize it was that uh that out of whack. It, it is, is that, that I realized it was that uh cattywampus if you will. Oh, it
0: is. It is all kinds of cattywampus. Go back and check that out. So this is like yeah, this is Carmella and Charlotte actually having a wrestling match and Carmella just out-wrestles Charlotte? Charlotte who who had to out just out-wrestle Asuka and defeat Asuka and beat her winning streak? And this is this is the program? Carmella and Charlotte just wrestling each other? What?
1: Uh, in the WWE, nothing matters anymore.
0: Really, it doesn't. I, I think they're just going to go against the grain on everything just to swerve the audience every time.
1: I, I Man, you're, you're telling it. You're, you're telling it. You're telling it. I don't get it. I can't call it.
0: <laughs> These head to heads Head-to-head. are getting more and more difficult with all this, uh, all this quote unquote fuck you booking WWE's been doing lately.
1: Not to bring out the sore subject, uh, when referring to the birthday party or the birthday present you were hoping you would get from WWE, uh huh. But the next match is the return return match it's part three (laughs) right it's a return match with a vengeance shinsuke nakamura challenging aj styles for the wwe championship this is the third version of what was supposed to be the dream match and i don't know that we've seen a dream version of it play out yet
0: right um this match is by far better than the match at wrestlemania I think everyone can agree on that. Again, they're they're actually able to wrestle and and not have to pretend they're hurt throughout the entire match. I mean, that whole match is a train wreck. At WrestleMania. Don't get me started on that. And much like WrestleManias before, you know, this is um, this is a match. This is a title match that is better the second or third time around. I'm, I'm reminded of what WrestleMania 15 when The Rock and Austin fought for the WWF title, and the match was okay. But then they have the rematch at Backlash, which, which came in free, Darren. That one came in free for whatever reason. so I was able to watch Backlash um, <laughs> on those rare occasions that the pay-per-view came in clear. Um, but I thought that match at Backlash was just so much better than their first fight at WrestleMania. And much like that match, I'm not comparing them to The Rock and Austin, but I'm saying the quality of matches goes up exponentially because they they're, they're getting used to each other a bit more. And these guys have fought... Many times before in the past, or fought alongside each other, so it's not like they're they're strangers in the ring because that's just not true. Um, but this match is better. Uh, I, I will go ahead and point out the fact that I think a lot of people are mad at this, not just me and probably you. But this is the title match. This is for the the most prestigious belt on the entire card, and it's not the main event. It's not the sub main event. It is the sub. Sub main event. So that yeah. that pisses me off quite a bit, actually.
1: Yeah, it made me very upset. This, this is just... It is the exact opposite of what Ring of Honor did with Supercard of Honor 12 in New Orleans the night before WrestleMania 34. Where, despite the fact that the poster figured Cody and Kenny most prominently, That people showed up, bought tickets, had the biggest house in Ring of Honor history because of Cody and Kenny. Despite all of that, Ring of Honor did the right thing, and they put Dalton Castle, the ROH World Champion, on last in his defense of that title against the villain Marty Skrull. That's how how you book wrestling. It's how you book wrestling. It's how you book wrestling. So the praise that I give that, if the booking is the opposite, then my reaction will be the opposite. The opposite of praise is disdain. Right? And I have nothing but disdain for the placement of this match.
0: Right. I agree. Wrestlers should only care about the heavyweight championship. That That's the only reason they should be in it. Obviously to make money, obviously to be on, you know, obviously to be part of the show, yada, yada, yada. But Mentally, you know what I mean? Storytelling-wise, it's about the championship belt.
1: Hashtag, if wrestling were real, that's why you do it. I mean, you, you can say, oh man, my, you, can, you can be James Ellsworth all day long and just be happy that you got invited. And I'm not talking about James Ellsworth the man, I'm talking about James Ellsworth the character. Mm-hmm. You can be happy all day long that you got signed and you lived your dream and it's so great. Well, guess what? So did a young kid from Ohio named LeBron James. But when he couldn't do it with the Cavs, he went to Miami. And once he got the championship, once he reached the top of the mountain, then he could go back and play in the sandbox and be a part of the team and be a part of the squad and be a homeboy and be comfortable playing for the home team. And, oh, well, okay, luckily for LeBron James – That ends up working in his favor, too. But nobody joins a profession that has a pinnacle to be an also-ran. You know, Ralph Nader. Ralph Nader, you know, he was the watchdog of America. I'm sure he could take some pride in being the watchdog of America. But you know what he would have taken a lot greater pride in? Being the president of the United States, how happy do you think Ralph Nader is that he ran for president for 30 years and never even came close? Is Ralph Nader happy being the best-selling author to ever run for president, like Roman Reigns enjoys wrestling not for a championship belt? No, not compared to the alternative.
0: Right. Well, this is the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, and probably the only wrestling podcast that you'll hear Ralph Nader uh, brought up on. Uh, however, I do hope Ralph Nader gets involved in WWE so they can call him Big Van Nader. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, I would, I would pop for that. I would pop for that ten times hey, out of ten.
1: Perry, hey, hey. it's time. <laughs> it's time. It's Ralph Nader time. <laughs>
0: That should have been his campaign slogan. Man, that would have been great. Uh so so back to this title. It, it is it is for the prestigious or at least it used to be uh WWE Smackdown Live heavyweight championship. And the fact that it's emphasis it's, emphasis on the used to be. Right. It, it's it's third to last to go on at backlash. Um the universal title isn't even up for grabs on this on this uh on this night whatsoever. And you
1: know
0: why, don't you? Because Lester's not around to defend uh, it. Well, there you go. Uh, but also, the you know the the placement of of this match happening at WrestleMania was also in the middle of WrestleMania. I mean, it really shows you they don't care so much about this title. Or I mean, that that doesn't reflect well on AJ Styles, the current holder of the title. Um, and that that's shitty. That's horrible. It doesn't look good for Nakamura who can't even get this title off of uh, AJ Styles, and it just makes everyone involved look like shit. So I don't know what the deal is.
1: I don't know what the deal is either. Um, We know that they have been hesitant to to pull the trigger with Nakamura and go full tilt boogie uh, with someone who doesn't have the grasp of the language as well uh, as a native speaker. We know that much, but we have seen nothing but a push for AJ Styles from the moment he arrived. So it does not make sense to all of a sudden stutter step around with what you're doing with AJ Styles, the man, AJ Styles, the talent, and AJ Styles, the wrestler who's holding your championship. That doesn't make sense to me. You can't quite figure out what you're doing with Nakamura. Well, that's dumb and unprofessional, and it's costing a lot of people a lot of fun and it's ultimately costing you some money but I get it, you have a precedent Right. nothing about the way they've treated AJ Styles up until now can explain why they're doing this with AJ Styles now It is is off the rails
0: sad, sad state of affairs uh, almost as sad as the ending of the match it is a notice qualification match that ends in a, a count out a double count out uh, well, ends- they,
1: they didn't say no count out <laughs>
0: Uh, touche, touche. Well, they didn't.
1: I mean, they didn't.
0: Okay, uh, so bad end. I, I don't think any fan was happy with the outcome of the match. There needed to at least be a, a clear winner, uh, and there isn't because I mean also the uh, greatest Royal Rumble match between the two also ends at a, a no contest, uh, double count out deal. Um, so no good. Where, where do you go from here? And do people care anymore? And again, someone who has been begging for this program for a year that's me uh i don't care anymore (laughs) you've 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 beaten it out of me vince you did it hey vince you did it yeah but
1: it's a bad kind of you did it so uh (laughs) don't do it again
0: yeah don't do it again
1: all right well that should be the end of the show (laughs) we just talked about the uh, wwe championship match uh and in any other era it would have been with John Cena on top, or The Rock, or Hulk Hogan, the show would be over. Right. But it's not. There are two more
0: matches. Hey, all right.
1: Neither of which are for any kind of championship.
0: <laughs> I just got to point that out. Uh, not a single tag team belt defended on this show, by the way.
1: I I don't I, I really don't know. I said it at the top of the show. I'll say it again. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I really don't know what's going on. Uh, I, again, and I'm being nice. As I said at the beginning of this segment, let me revisit that for a second. I'm not even shitting on it as much as other people are. So if you're listening right now and thinking, "Man, they're being kind of harsh," go read the internet.
0: Oh
1: yeah. I mean, there are people who are leaping into the great unknown. They, (laughs) there are people flinging their wrestling fandom into the wild blue yonder. They are disappearing into the oblivion of no longer watching wrestling. Yeah. And uh, and I, I, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Uh, but there were some disappointing things. Strowman and Lashley. Braun Strowman. Get these hands. And Bobby Lashley. Just came back. Should be entered into a major singles program. But he's not. Uh, how do we celebrate his immense size and unique physique by putting him next to someone who makes him look very small by comparison?
0: That's actually a very good point. I, I've I've noticed that, and and that bothered me without realizing how much that bothered me. Like, yeah, Lashley doesn't look like shit compared to Braun Strowman. Um, so that actually is a very good point. Also, why not just have these singles matches? Why not have Braun versus Owens and Lashley versus Zane, and then they could be fast matches. You know, it's, yeah. it's their I network. Mean, have have it's... Lashley
1: versus Zane—that's how you show off Lashley's physique. Again, yeah. I don't mean to, I, you know, I don't mean to rain on Sami Zayn's parade. Sami Zayn is an excellent talent, but physically, he is nothing compared to Bobby Lashley's bulbousness. And uh, that, uh, you know, that's how you showcase that. Right. You put him next to, to, uh, to a, like, a, an everyman physique, like yeah. Sami Zayn.
0: I got you. I got you. You mean bulbous not, in a good way, which you don't hear very often.
1: Uh. <laughs> no, you don't. Not, but I do mean bulbous in a very good way. Each and every one of his rounded muscles are bulbous right
0: right and i my my issue going into the match of course was Strowman can beat you know 30 guys at, and and at once so what does it matter well, when you put him with bobby lashley who's also a big guy in a tag team situation are we supposed to think that for a minute zane and owen's gonna go over on these two like is that gonna happen is that possible
1: yeah it's it's nonsense and no for not one second do
0: they so, yeah, I mean, that one we get right. Uh, I forgot to mention, going if we can go back just a second here, we were so angry talking about the state of WWE, we forgot to mention the fact that uh, we both thought that maybe Shinsuke would win against uh, AJ Styles, and we were wrong. So we got that one wrong, for the record. Now Some of you were like, uh, you guys got that wrong. You didn't even say how wrong you got it. So, anyway, we, we hoped for hope, and I, it was a birthday wish that didn't come true. Thanks, Vince. Thank you. Um, But this wish we got, (laughs) this birthday wish that I didn't care about, uh, Strowman and Lashley do defeat Owens and Zayn. And we move on to the main event, the proper main event. What should be the main event, of course, Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe. You've seen it a few times already, and it's always just okay. I love Samoa Joe, by the way. I think Samoa Joe is great. Reigns, I feel so bad for him because he's everything the fans hate but they won't even let him be what the fans hate about him. Does that make any sense? They hate Roman Reigns because he's supposed to be the guy, but Vince won't even let him fully be the guy. So even getting to the position of being the guy, he's already getting all the negative feedback he would get if he were actually the guy. Poor Roman Reigns is getting no love from anybody at this point.
1: If Vince thinks that he's gonna pull off some next level legitimate here and make me uh, believe that I don't hate Roman Reigns now because he didn't get the coronation that we all predicted, feared, and loathed, uh, <laughs> it's not gonna work. I see through your ruse, Vince McMahon. It's not gonna work. He's still the man. He's still in the main event.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: He's still in the main event, and he still goes over! <laughs> that does not an underdog make. That does not a fan favorite make. You are just... Oh my god, you are breeding a, 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 a an infested swamp. You are just creating just this festering bog of uh, of nastiness, a cauldron of stench that <laughs> there's just mosquitoes that are spreading anti-Roman Reigns malaria.
0: You have a way of words, Dan. And, and you have a way about you.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, that nice stinger callback. Um... <laughs> man you have you have created a quagmire uh, in more ways than one and Roman reigns dwells there and as long as you keep uh, your focus on that dwelling place you're, you're losing you're losing so much steam you're losing so much steam I don't think you are losing money yet but the reports that come out about the end of this show, Say to me, you are closer than ever to having your pocketbook actually affected. And maybe you'll listen then. Vince. Maybe.
0: When uh, when the shareholders get upset because they're losing out money. Because there are reports that people got up and left before this match even took place. At Backlash, Not just reports, there were videos. There are videos of people leaving before the match. There are people leaving as soon as the three count hits. Um, it's... it's tough situation and poor. I mean, again, people give rain shit. He's just doing what he's told. Reign doesn't book this. You it's know, not his fault. It is not his fault. It, it's odd because it's almost like no one is getting their way when it comes to WWE's booking. I feel like people are like, Oh no, we'll do this, this, and this, and we'll, it'll get to this point. So they do this, this, and this, and then they stop them halfway before they actually get to the point of the storyline. So it just feels like everything is just kind of half-baked at best. Or it's just like, why is this happening? Like, why why are they still fighting? Like, does anyone know what's going on? It feels like the Triple H regime and the Vince M- regime are just kind of going at it every single day. Their own private head-to-head. Head-to-head. Head. If you will. But it's starting to look kind of like uh, Pink Floyd. Uh, toward the end, where they can't seem to agree on anything, so they just kind of part ways. Uh, well.
1: and you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna extend
0: that metaphor just a little bit.
1: You know how Roger Waters took uh, took the Wall, which of course he claimed full ownership of, of course, and decided to have decided to have Roger Waters the Wall, That's sort of like uh, Triple H and NXT. Triple H and NXT are better triple h and nxt is better but it's nxt it's not the wwe roger waters taking the wall the full stage show on tour while the remaining members of pink floyd did nothing with it well a performance of the wall by roger waters is better than nothing right but it's not pink floyd it's not pink floyd right you i, I want to see i want to see nxt I want to see the good stories of NXT told on the stage of WrestleMania, right? Just like when I want to see The Wall performed, I want to see it performed by
0: Pink Floyd. Fair enough, but it's it's very telling when most of the band minus one person stays together. It kind of it's kind of a red alert of where the issue was, and Roger Waters clearly was that issue. Uh, so there there's that kind of like Lindsey Buckingham getting ousted from Fleetwood Mac lately. Uh, I mean that that that's a band that's I mean we're talking about classic rock now that that's a band that's just obviously full <laughs> full of issues and problems and they said okay Lindsay you're out we're gonna replace you with Mike Campbell guitar player from Tom Petty oh, yeah, that's great he's a great guitar player and I love Mike Campbell but good luck singing Lindsay Buckingham songs there uh, Mike anyway uh, so folks that's backlash and I think we learned a lot. <laughs>
1: We learned a lot about Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> we learned a lot
0: about Fleetwood Mac and Pink Floyd's uh, inner turmoil and WWE. Yeah, we, learned
1: lot, we learned a lot about Ralph Nader and Ralph
0: Nader. This might be our most uh, our most uh, metaphorical, uh, like <laughs> full of most analogs. I think in our our review here.
1: Hey, color us colorful.
0: Hey, hey, hey. You, you, it's a mixed bag here at uh, the Whole reference Show, the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. And you can talk to us, folks, how? There are a lot of ways to do it. Uh, on Twitter, for one, at reference Show Podcast, R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook, like and share. We'd appreciate it. Hit us up on Gmail. If you're so inclined, the whole show at gmail.com, T H E W H O L E R E F N S H O W at gmail.com, or.
1: Or you find us on Instagram at the whole Show. just like on Gmail. It's the wholerefnshow, T H E W H O L E R E F N S H O W. Come look at our pretty pictures. Please. Show us lots of your pretty pictures. Comment, like, share, discuss. See everything that's going on in the world of The Whole and Show. All the coverage that might not make it onto the podcast. All the coverage that is on the podcast. Friends of the show, dear listeners, t-shirts everywhere. There's so much fun on Instagram. Please join us. Again, we're creeping towards that number 1,000. Could you be the 1,000th follower of The Whole and Show on Instagram? You could
0: be. Dun dun dun! It's up to you, folks. I might unfollow and refollow again to hit that 1,000. Uh, don't don't let me do that to you. <laughs> I want you to work hard and get that 1,000. Uh, and that's it, folks. We'll be back next week with more hashtag Wrestle News and Wrestle Views on. The only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole ref and show. My name is Perry Smith. My name is Darren Beasley. And we'll see you Saturday at Fest Wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. Bring your mom too. It's going to be a lot of fun. If not, sorry we didn't see you, but we'll see you next week. Another episode. until then. So long. So
1: It's time. It's time.
0: It's Ralph Nader time.